You were really mean last week. But yeah, I, that's oh, what the no. people like. They like it when we tear each other down. Yeah. Then we build each other back up. Like Legos. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com, which is kind of been a th- uh, like an ephemeral media experience that just wraps around you wherever you are on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm saying now instead of website. And an ephemeral media experience. Yeah. It's, it finds you. I'm great at conferences. If The Verge is an ephemeral media experience, would that mean that the flagship is therefore a ghost ship? Yeah, it's a, it's a ghost ship. Like in the okay. new Johnny Depp Pirates movie. <laughs> this is the worst, worst ad read for a Johnny Depp it. movie I've ever what seen. What is it called? Pirates of <laughs> it's, the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, it's Pirates of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean? Dead Men Tell No Tales. Is that what it's called? Anyway, it's this called. is The Verge cast. We're not actually sponsored by this Johnny Depp movie, although John, if you're listening which I'm sure you are, give me a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, we'll boot Squarespace right out of here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this show is actually sponsored by a fake vodka brand mm-hmm. that I, once again, am forcing LG G6 news onto the show so we can talk about it. The brand is called Scissor Vodka. You can just go ahead and cut right through that night. Snip, snip. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Paul Miller is here. Hello. Dieter Bone is here. Hey, hey. Uh, just the three of us today. Just mm-hmm. a tight, yeah. very gadget-focused, gadget-forward is that what the Gadget influencers forward. say? Gadget forward. That's good. It's like a fine wine. Let's triangulate some news. <laughs> it's actually kind of, I thought there wasn't much this week because another week of endless political machinations have occurred, mm-hmm. making everything else seem trivial. But I went, we were looking, we were putting the rundown together. A lot of stuff happened this week. A lot of like tech news went down. Uh, so we should get right into it. Dieter, I want you to talk about Android Wear because there's two new LG watches. They're That's sort of right. like, uh, what's the new line that they're using? Made with our friends at Google. That's the Which sort of is the, just the new it's kind of like Nexus descriptor. So LG's yeah. like, we've got this friend Google, and we did exactly what they said, mm-hmm. and then these are the watches yeah. they made. There's a sport and a style and a new version of Android Wear. I think, Dieter, you, you've been wearing one. Yeah, I've been wearing the sport which um, is huge. Uh, it is just a really giant, giant, giant watch. Um, and then the style is a little bit too small. They didn't make the Goldilocks watch is yeah. what I'm saying to you now. So the, the whole point of Android Wear 2.0 is they basically did the same thing that Apple did last year, which was look at their smartwatch platform and go, huh, this is too much. This is really kind of complicated. And they like stripped out a bunch of stuff, and then they put in the stuff that everybody wanted them to put into it, uh, which was third-party complications on the watch face, mm-hmm. and um, they like fixed up Google Fit a little bit. And then because um, they're Google and they're beholden to pleasing uh, wireless carriers, uh, which is my new theme, by the way, Google, totally over the barrel from uh, wireless carriers. Uh, they uh, made it fully support LTE, uh, which wait, why do you think huge, that apparently. has anything to do with wireless carriers? Right, I mean that's where why all they, these <coughs> devices are are going. Right, they're all going to have independent wireless connections. Well, probably, uh, but it. It's not a quinky dink that Verizon announced a rando white label <laughs> okay. watch called the Wear Twenty Four. Oh God! It's not a Ugh. it's not a quinky dink that in order to get these watches to not be a huge pain, you have to spend the money on the wireless plan to have a second device that shares your phone number. Right. Uh, and that's you know that costs money. 
which, by the way, why does that cost money? It's not clear to me. It's not like you're, you know, using extra data. You're you're straight up paying for like the f- the fact that you've got another node on their network. Yeah. But I'm hard pressed to believe that really is worth ten bucks a month to you know. I don't believe that Verizon at all. Verizon, AT and T. Um. Anyway, uh, there the whole reason I'm like oh, chasing this Google's beholden the carriers is it's I think also the reason that they won't just make a iMessage clone. Um. And they're trying. They're still trying to get RCS to happen, which is sad. But this is about Android Wear. <laughs> uh, Android Wear is just a door by which we can, can talk about everything else yeah. that's interesting. It's about fine. Doing. Like it's 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 a good upgrade. It's a good platform. Dan thought the apps were pretty slow. I thought they were fine. Um, the improvements to Google Fit are actually like surprisingly good. You get to watch like a little video of a dude doing push-ups on your watch, and then you do the push-ups yourself which is kind of cool okay and it, like checks to see if you're doing them right um you can stream music on it just directly you just like open up google play music you don't have to like fiddle with syncing the thing with your phone and like getting your playlist on your watch and all that crap you just play the music you want which is pretty neat um it automatically grabs the best connection it can whether it's lte or wi-fi or uh you know bluetooth from your phone or whatever just it just figures it out um, and Android Pay is on there now. Uh, if you can get a watch with NFC, which only one has it, and it's the LG Watch Sport, and it's freaking huge. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're wearing it right now. So no, um, I'm wearing. I handed the the Sport over to uh, Lauren Good so that she could t- test the uh, exercise stuff more carefully than I could because yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> exercise. <laughs> um, and I'm back on the. Moto 360, but I got to tell you, I'm super torn because what I want is uh, an Android Wear watch uh, that has NFC for Android Pay and maybe a heart rate monitor. I don't know. I don't exercise, but I'm going to start someday. I swear. I promise. And you can't get that without getting the thing that has everything in it. Yeah. Uh, So I'm hoping that Google will actually get some other manufacturers to make some stuff so somebody will make something that's in the sweet spot, which is basically the feature set that the Apple Watch has. And by the way, the Apple Watch has everything that the Android Wear Watch has in terms of sensors, except to LTE, but it's not gargantuan. Yeah. So, so it really didn't quite Apple just it. had its earnings. We talked about them a bit yeah. last week. The Apple Watches, they sold, I think analysts are guessing now, they sold 6 million of them. By revenue, they've become the second biggest watchmaker in the world. Uh, that product is doing fine. Sean Spicer wears one, which I think is funny because hmm. I just imagine him getting texts from the president while he's up there. They're like, do better. Like, he just <laughs> looks at his watch and it's just like, you're, you're blowing it again. Please, please try. But like the Apple Watch is sort of everywhere, whereas I don't yeah. – uh, outside of our staff and the occasional sort of like rage tweeter, I don't really see right. people wearing the Android Wear stuff. So the – the idea, which I don't think is going to be massively successful, but the idea is that the new Android Wear watches will work better for iPhone users because it has uh, independent third-party apps on it. it. You can literally load up the Google Play Store on the watch itself. It's nonsense. And install apps. Nonsense. But no, nonsense. you can also just go to their website. You can go to the website. You can go to the Google Play website, which, by the way, Apple doesn't have. Uh, and then you can say, install this thing, and then it installs directly to your watch. So you can do a lot more stuff with, if you're paired to an iPhone than you could have before with the last version of Android Wear. Um, so it's basically like a supercharged Pebble that's probably going to have better app support than the Pebble did. But 
like the Pebble, it won't support iMessage. Right. I mean, Dan, so Dan reviewed the thing and he pointed out that we kind of know what these are for now. They're for the fitness stuff and yep. they're for notifications and they're for these like lightweight apps. And I, so you think that Google's like bent over the carrier barrel and that's why they added LTE. I think they added LTE because they can't depend on the iPhone at all. So they want to sell any right. meaningful number of these things. Android users are like, they're not going to buy them. Like the the stats on what iPhone users are willing to purchase versus Android users totally skewed in favor of the iPhone owner, right? The, right. The iPhone users buy more stuff for their phones. So they got to capture some of that iPhone market, but they can't, they're never going to get in on a- Apple's platform. So then their watch has to be completely independent. And the only way to do it really completely independently is to build an LTE radio into it that costs you 10 bucks a month. I mean, Apple is just going to win this war because the iPhone or the iPhone and the Apple Watch will always just pair better than anything else. And I, I don't think an Apple Watch at LTE is where they're going with it yet. I just think that LTE is just from the physics standpoint, it's just never, it's just never going to work. Oh yeah, this watch has uh, wrist cancer in it. It's just there's so much power and a certain size antenna that you need for LTE, and even with the like the low energy LTE stuff that's coming out. I just uh, I was going to say that that could actually work. The low energy LTE stuff could actually do it, but it's not here yet. The um, it is possible to make a, a watch that is not massive with LTE. Uh, the best tweet that I saw about the Android Wear stuff was I forget who it was. They're like, man, the LG Watch Sport really makes me you know appreciate the Galaxy Gear. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and Samsung just it's just, just the gear ties in yeah. universe. Can, can I? Can I? Right. Okay. I've never owned a smartwatch. Yeah. I, yeah, I have, have like a, eight Apple watches. I did own a calculator watch at one point. Yeah. Um, uh huh. I can't believe they're called complications. Yeah. No, this, it's it's the opposite word of what you want yeah, for user interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And I pre- get it. Little present. It's like watch lingo, but come on. Oh, is that like a watch oh, yeah. term? It's an old... See, I had a reader rage tweeting me saying, somebody went through your whole article and replaced all the times you wrote applications and replaced it with complications and you need to go <laughs> fix it. <laughs> and I was like, what? I don't understand. But this does actually like make a lot of sense to me that that, that the watch is something that you glance at and if it has like it's like a little dashboard that shows like relevant information from whatever possible app that I want to show information from like that it's like a mix and match thing correct yeah yeah it's like a customization I think that's pretty cool yeah yeah no I looked out at my watch I see the weather I see my next appointment I see the day of the week because I am completely incapable of remembering what the day of the week is. Sure. I see the date. I see the time. Um, and then, you know, if I want to feel bad about myself, I put my step count on there. Or, yeah, your unread emails or or whatchamacallit. What's that thing that we use for website traffic? Chartbeat. You want Chartbeat on your watch? <laughs> you put Chartbeat on your watch. No. It'd be great if be it, awful. instead of monitoring your heart rate, it yeah. was like Chartbeat, but it fed back into your heart. So if the site was doing really good, your heart was just racing. Oh, like feedback heart, yeah. heart rate. Just like tie your heart rate to some yeah. <laughs> arbitrary web statistic. Well, and, and one thing that I really liked that they did with some of the wearable pioneers at like MIT and stuff, they were doing stuff with like effective computing, stuff that is like – and there's some – I think some research – I actually believe it's MIT research on this, 
like I think they made it a watch that kind of shows you like the tone of voice in a conversation. And and this idea that you could have a complication that said like, hey, you're you're coming across a little mean right now. Yeah. You got like a grouchy tone. Like, oh, I didn't <laughs> know I had a grouchy tone. Maybe it's like a little frowny face. Oh, yeah. shoot. I've got a grouchy tone. I've got a smile. It just tells smile. you to smile. It tells you to smile. That's mm-hmm. what you want. Like I think that, that those sorts of things like that, that, that you decide what is the priority. And so you don't even ever really interact with the watch on a regular basis. You just look at the watch and it tells you relevant facts for whatever your situation is in. I mean, that was the big promise of the first version of Android Wear, which is that Google Now cards would start populating it automatically. So you'd show up at the airport and be like, it looks like you're, I mean, basically wrist clippy. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know that wrist clippy (laughs) conceptually doesn't work well. that's so true. (laughs) Wrist clippy works well, but they they never, like, I mean, let's all face it. Google Now did not come anywhere near achieving its promise. And Google figured that out and then basically stopped doing it. Like I tried to use it. I'll swipe over to it every now and then, but there's never, it's, I never have those like, Oh, Hey, this thing knows what I need to know before I ask for it's it a, moments. Anymore. It's a black box. It doesn't have a conversation with you to really figure out. I, it's not exactly Google now, but kind of that card functionality where yeah. Google reads your email and creates cards for yeah. you. I missed the flight. Yeah. Cause Google is <laughs> like, you know what he really wants to know about? His connection in Chicago. No, not you his did not miss, You are not blaming Absol- missing a flight Absol- on Google <laughs> Now. It's I, Paul. I love you, but you can't blame look, missing look, a flight on Google this, Now. This is the literal. Okay, <laughs> s- slow down. This is the literal whole point of technology, right? Yeah. Is to augment and supplement our own abilities. Sure. Right. I agree. Yes. Right. At the, at the, top, at the you, highest level, when I agree. You with offload. You. When do I go to my airplane place? <laughs> To Google, <laughs> and they tell you the wrong time. No, Google failed. No, you can't. You just there's like a few things that you can't blame technology for, and not knowing when you need to be on an airplane, I believe, is in that list. Airplanes are important. I, I don't know. Yeah, I did. I wanted to know, so I looked <laughs> on my computer. Yeah, and like, it didn't you, tell you. You don't call up the air airplane people every time. <laughs> Paul, wait, what I want to come, what I want to just bring all this way back to you. Why is your airline vocabulary so limited? (laughs) You're like airplane stuff. I went on the fly fly. (laughs) What is going on over there, buddy? It's hard. And I want the technology to help. I think I just need to get you like a general aviation dictionary. (laughs) All right. Speaking of conversational interfaces, uh, Google Assistant on the phone Super weird. Uh, now can control a bunch of smart home stuff, which is again weird because that it Google was Assistant ever fragmented in the first on the Google place. Home could already do it, and so it's weird that they're rolling out this capability in a fragmented way. Mm. But this is kind of the story of all these assistants right now. Dieter, did you decide if you're an Alexa guy or a Google Home guy? Uh, I'm still bouncing between them. I'm thinking about turning back into an Alexa guy because Amazon just updated the tap so that it'll actually use wake words. You don't have to tap the button anymore. Yes. And I have a tap sitting around. One of the few Verge links I have ever I am Becky because we have a tap oh, really? in our bathroom. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The, so she goes in there and listens to the podcast like all the time when she's getting ready in the morning. And it's not, so she doesn't want to like push the button and ask where because often gets it wrong. But the best feature of that thing is you push the button and say connect to my phone, 
and then it automatically Bluetooth syncs to your phone, which is oh, an unheralded feature of that device. Right. It's, and, and the sound quality is bad and it looks bad and our UE boom is like 100 times better in every other way. But the fact that you don't have to fuck with the Bluetooth settings, you can yeah. just be like, connect to my phone and it does it, instantly makes it the winner. So now that you can add, right. you don't have to put, even push the button, you just walk in and say, connect to my phone and play a podcast. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm super excited huh. about that. So I, we're, like, we're all in on Alexa. I've packed up the Google Home. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. It's like a thing. Uh, I've been using the Google Home a little bit to play Netflix, which works. Yeah. The problem, the problem is you do it, and then you sort of never really know whether or not you're going to get, like, play-pause controls. Yeah, the whole Chromecasting ecosystem, very bad at, like, maintaining a state. So yeah. if Dieter has a Vizio TV, I have a Chromecast plugged into a TV. I do all of my streaming over that Chromecast. It's great. Super love it. Do you have this problem? I hit play on, like, a show or an app or something. And then I close the tablet, move on, and I come back to change something. And the tablet has no idea what the fuck is going on in the TV. Yep, all the time. And it's like, where do I stop this? Because it's yep. a magical cloud video now. Yeah, but the whole point is that you're ca- – I mean, it, I get That's it. That's the thing is you're not truly casting from. Right. You're asking right. your TV to start watching a file. That's why it's always kind of mysterious and confusing. Also, it, the two main things I want to use it with, NFL – Never works. Oh, it always works for me. That's actually why I switched to it and, almost uh, entirely. Twitch. Twitch will pop up the Twitch logo on my TV. Actually, the same with the NFL. They'll pop up the logo. Like we're totally Which, what do NFL this. app are you using? Or were you using? Okay, I can cast it from the app. Yeah. When I try to do it from the browser, from Chrome, on like, my Mac, oh. it's totally messed up. Same with Twitch and with NFL. But are you using like Sunday Ticket or using? No, sorry, the Game Pass. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I've never used that one. Sunday Ticket works great. That's that's why I switched all the things to Chromecast because the Sunday Ticket app on the Apple TV, literally to make it go full screen. I think I've said this on the show before. To make it go full screen, do you know what button you hit? Pause. Just nice. like just nice. such an embarrassingly bad UI decision that I switched platforms. I would just yeah, but with Cast, it would be great if they. I don't quite know because it's not it's not just like a technological thing it's like a ux thing yeah of where should the play pause controls be now that this is happening but the answer is like really obvious to me it should be on on in your hand on your phone well, that's so fine. should there be like a I, I would be happy with like if i like lost my controls that there was always like a cast app that i could get pull there is controls. but it's not it just doesn't do the work right, uh, right. Dieter, i mean you're deeper into this because your whole your whole tv yeah. works this way I don't know. They just don't leave a permanent play pause thing in any app anywhere. Uh, There's supposed to be one of the notification shade on Android, but that comes and goes. Yep. Apparently some TVs, if you like hit the pause button that's connected to the TV, the Chromecast will figure it out. My my Um, Samsung My remote doesn't have one. So, yeah. (laughs) Wait, your Vizio doesn't Uh, have that? Doesn't it didn't come with a little remote? Doesn't have a pause button on the little remote. Mm. Yeah. My little remote has a pause button. I'll have to look again. Anyway, we started with the assistant. I still... It's still a little bit aggravating. Like the life hacker actually did a chart of like what the assistant can and can't do in like the four different instantiations that it currently exists. And it's just weird. And every time I yell at Google about it, they're like, yeah, you know, we'll get it. We just want to make sure that it's appropriate to the platform that you're on. So it doesn't make sense to, I don't know, but like, it doesn't make sense to like turn on your smart lights by talking to Al. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, but why not? Like, just do it. Yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, it. I think Google 
right now from a sheer execution standpoint is not doing very well. I think they started off last year with a bunch of great ideas and we were super high on them. And then all of those ideas at an execution level have not delivered. And I'm saying this as somebody who finally ordered a Pixel phone for the six hours it was available again. And it will not be here until next month, late next month. This is on Verizon? No, I try to order the unlocked one. I think Verizon stores get them in and out. But it's like this was well, their Verizon thing. did like an apology headset thing yeah. that gave some people daydreams because they were so so sorry. But for like being this so was their push. They didn't get there. I think Allo and Duo as products are – Does anybody use Allo or Duo? Dieter? No. 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 <laughs> the only person I know who would doesn't use it. Uh, Allo just dropped out of the top 500 most uh, popular apps on Google Play. That is rough. <laughs> That's brutal. Um, the, <laughs> the assistant that we're talking about, it just seems to be all over the place. Mm. The Daydream VR stuff. Well, it's not quite fair about the assistant. The assistant's good. They've been actually like sl- low-key adding a bunch of stuff to it. They just don't have – they just aren't doing everything like Alexa is. And it works. It's like fine. I think that – it's it's a little bit frustrating that it's inconsistent across home, watch, phone, aloe, whatever. Uh, but that's like, I don't know. It's it's like complaining that the gear shifter in my car is a little bit twitchy when the car still drives just fine. Apple has some fragmentation with Siri. They just have less places. Oh, I don't think I don't think Siri is even in this conversation, right? I mean, Siri's just like all right. over the place. I I just meant holistically across all the big Google initiatives last year, mm. it's hard to point to one that was a home run right. because they executed it so well. It's All of them are good ideas. They're interesting. I'm, I'm still very excited to get the Pixel. Right. I'm just going to get it halfway through its life cycle because I was never able to order one for so long. Right. And that's like irritating. I think with Assistant, yeah. there's, this, there's this Alexa moment. Uh, Jeff Bezos gave an interview to billboard today they put him on like their power list and he's like the momentum is actually taking us a little bit by surprise but we're going with it you know we were built for this moment Mm. and they're just off to the races and i think the google argument which is we have more data we're actually you know a machine learning company we're gonna win just because we're gonna win Mm. just it reminds me of of actually of like microsoft 10 years ago when they were like looking at the phone and they're like well screw that like we sell all the things to everyone. All we have to do is show up and we'll win. And right. it's it's the same well, – the tenor also, of that argument is the same to you me. You could also almost see the flip side. I mean a lot of the Alexa momentum, it feels it, – something that makes Alexa feel more inevitable to me mm-hmm. is how many other devices are getting it. Yeah. Uh, which is like kind of like the Windows thing. And like you, you know, I argued endlessly with my buddies down the street, you know, Mac versus PC in the 90s, you know. But no matter how polished and great I thought OS 8's UI was, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the power, the market power of Windows was so great because you can buy a, any computer at any price yeah. point and you could get your own thing. So uh, Joanna Stern, our friend Joanna Stern, traitorous Joanna Stern. No, she's just one of our founders. So she did a great column and video this week where she reviewed a bunch of stuff for a new car. Mm. Um, she rage texted me all through the process of buying that car. We should have her on here to talk about cars. It'd be fun. Um, but the car doc that she picked 
She picked one of the Anker ones, and she picked the Logi One Touch. And we actually did a story on this this week too. That's like a magnetic car mount with a microphone in it. Mm. So when you take an Android phone and you click it in, it automatically pairs with your phone, launches the Logi app in the background, and offers you another voice assistant, not Google Assistant. Guess which one it offers you? Alexa. Alexa. So well, that is crazy to me, right? It's a, literally just a car mount. It's nothing. It's a mm-hmm. couple of magnets and a microphone. And it hijacks the Google Assistant away from your car and gives you Alexa instead, which is super interesting to me because now consumers have a choice. We can see which one they prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't know why Google hasn't put an Android Auto app on the iPhone. I think it's a huge missed opportunity for them. Yeah, they totally should. Like, just really here's a idea. Google Maps view and like some Spotify controls and like have at it. Hmm. But it's interesting to me that Alexa is in a market position where a company like Logitech wouldn't just go to Google and say, We built a car mount with a microphone. Right. Can you connect us up to Google Assistant? They went and picked Amazon. That's, str- I mean, it's just strange. Like, it's our, the code's already on the phone, the Google Assistant's already there. Hmm. But what people want, or what Logitech thinks people want, is Alexa. So they went with Alexa. Uh, I think I think the real answer is that Amazon's willing to play ball with anybody and everybody with Alexa, and they'll just yeah sure make a thing. Here's stuff. We'll help you out. Right. You want to you want all the IP for how to make a, a microphone array? We it's all here. We'll help you build it. Yeah. And Google's like, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna win everything. And so you know it's it's when you say that they're like Microsoft, like that's exactly right. Amazon is out there saying, everybody make stuff. We don't care. And Google's like, yeah, no, we want to win. So everybody hold on a second. We'll share later when we're ready. We want to make the car too. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um, so I got to read an ad, but we should come back. Uh, we should talk about the very minor Apple accessory nonsense that happened this week. And then we talked about Vizio for five seconds just now, but we should talk about the tracking controversy because it's, it's pretty interesting to me, actually. But anyway, we'll be right back. Today's episode of the Virtualcast is brought to you by Crizal No Glare Lenses. Again, people at Crizal, thank you for continuing to sponsor this podcast. I don't know if you're listening or not, but it's it's been it's been a ride. If you wear glasses and you know that fingerprints, smudges, scratches, and glares can be a constant obstruction to your vision and a huge distraction. Sometimes you end up focusing more on what's on your glasses than what's going on around you. That's why the people Love Crizal No Glare Lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glare, scratches, and smudges. That means no more blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic while driving at night, no more fingerprint smudges from taking your glasses on and off or scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. And because Crizal No Glare Lenses stay clear and reduce distracting glare, your friends and families can actually see your eyes, not just your glasses. And then they know if you're telling the fucking truth. Look better, feel better, and most importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go to Crizal.com, that's C-R-I-Z-A-L.com, and start living life in the clear. Dieter, do you want to walk us through this nonsense ultra accessory connector situation? Uh, we can do this so fast. So uh, it came out that Apple had for the made for iPhone program, IMFI, said, we're going to support this ultra uh, accessory connector. And everyone went, oh my God, Apple's making another connector. Uh, no, they're not. There's already a connector called the UAC or whatever it's called uh, that looks like a like a little baby version of um, mini USB, basically. Yeah. And apparently the story is headphone manufacturers want to be able to make headphones that can have cables that will work with either Lightning or can work with uh, USB-C for Android phones that don't have headphone jacks. And in order to do that, uh, you either have to build a really expensive cable that's got electronics in the cable that will, like, you know, 
talk to both of them, or you use uh, you put the electronics in the headphone and use a connector there. And apparently, a bunch of headphone manufacturers wanted to use that UAC connector instead of I don't know whatever, and they they couldn't use USB C because USB C won't talk to Lightning without extra electronics. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So bottom line, this plug might show up on some headphones so that it, they can ship in the box a dumb lightning cable and a dumb USB-C cable uh, so that you could use them with either iPhone or Android. So here's my question. It's a real question. Oh, by the way, if you're looking yeah. on Amazon it, it, for one of these cables, they're called a mini eight pin flat. Okay. I have a lot to say about this, but here's my question. Simple question. What is Beats going to do? Apple owns Beats. Mm-hmm. Presumably, they sell some beats to people who don't have iPhones. It's mm-hmm. one of the world's biggest headphone companies, one of the world's most profitable headphone companies. Are they going to lock everybody out who doesn't have iPhone? Are they going to make USB C specific beats? Are they going to have weird lightning? To it's very confusing because some Beats headphones charge over lightning, like the Beats Pill, yep. the new ones charges over lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a bunch of Beats headphones have mini USB, micro USB, micro micro yeah. USB. Are they going to have the new UAC and introduce a third connector into this mix? It's just like, what are we doing? I just wish Apple would just take use USB-C. Or, yeah, the answer well, is uh, it would be great if Apple would use USB-C. Vlad is convinced that this news means it's never going to happen. I, yep. I, I, it's just, I mean, look, you're going to make fun of me. Everyone's going to make fun of me for the rest of my career because I think the headphone jack thing is so dumb. Mm. But this is what happens when you get rid of because, the universal standard. You guys want a, a dongle life update from the trenches? Yes. I yeah. lost <laughs> my headphones that also had the dongle on them. Yeah. Right? The only Ooh. pairs of headphones I can find in my apartment are these like two-pound stereo monitor type things. Yeah. And, um, and the ear pods with the lightning connector that came with the, So now, like, every time I want to watch a video on my laptop, I can't <laughs> because I, I can't plug them into my laptop. Wait, I don't, what about your studio monitor things? Hmm? You're, you're, don't, you're, don't you have the cans? They don't, they don't have a regular jack? Oh, well, they're somewhere in my, uh, like, apartment. But yeah. I mean, like, if I'm at the coffee shop or at the office uh, and I've got my lightning headphones. Yeah, you're screwed. I'm screwed. So <laughs> Well, my, uh, my USB-C is... My USB-C life is wonderful update is I bought and just now received finally a uh, Finsix Dart power adapter, hey. which like, what is this? What is the size of this thing? It's like you half a Snickers bar, basically. Yeah. Dieter's holding up to the camera. If you're in your car, imagine yeah, Dieter you, you just held can't up. can't see it. Dieter held up a power ha- plug with a look of absolute joy on his face. Yeah, is what yeah it's like it's like the size of like half a Snickers and it plugs in at the long end of the Snickers so that it doesn't get in the way of other power adapters. Mm-hmm. It's got a long USB-C cable that comes out of it and the USB-C cable has a regular female USB port on Whoa. it so you can charge something else with it. It's 65 watts, so it'll charge my laptop and my phone, both relatively quickly, and it weighs nothing, and it doesn't take up much space on a, on a power strip. I got to get one of those. Wow. These are great. Yeah. You should, uh, you know, put it on our ephemeral media brand. Well, here's the thing about, about this thing. I didn't actually believe it was really going to ship. Where's my lightning review? Uh, your what? I, I just you made up a format. A lightning I review? I need, like, two pictures and, like, 400 words. Okay. Well... There you go. It's not you, a review of lightning. It. You didn't think uh, what? What's more ephemeral than than doing it on a podcast? <laughs> you didn't think it was going to doing ship? it on Snapchat, obviously. <laughs> well, you didn't because it was a Kickstarter, right? 
Yeah. Well, no, it was, they make another one that comes like a slew of adapters. And then they said, we're making a USB-C version. The stupid thing about it is that the plug on the actual adapter isn't USB-C. It's something proprietary. No! Which is dumb. And I told them that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Dude, Just, speaking, speaking of Kickstarter. It's like we're right up to the line of the dream, and everyone's like, what if this dream was a fucking nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait, what were you going to say? Speaking of Kickstarter, I like, I'm like, hey, what am I going to do right now? I'll load up TheVerge.com, a website yeah. I love to read. Dieter Bone has the friggin' fidget cube from yeah, Kickstarter. I have, them. I have two of them, motherfucker. I backed that. Uh-oh. And what I was like, can? well, where's my fidget cube? So I go to my email that I never checked. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an email wait, wait, from, wait. from the fidget cube people. It says uh, it'll ship between like the middle of January and the middle of February. And, but there's a tracking number. I click on the tracking number. It's arrived. <laughs> but I don't have it. So I don't know. I guess it got lost in the mail. <laughs> the story just really it's probably ended. stuck on the fly fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stolen by those damn fly so fly people. I theoretically <laughs> own a shipped fidget cube, but I do not possess one. I understand. Ownership without possession. Mm-hmm. That's a real airport psychology book. You know, like how to live a better life. Yeah, ownership without possession. By Paul the, Miller. Uh, the conspiracy theory. So they like every Kickstarter they had they made a batch and then the first batch was bad, and they're like, well, we have to redo this, and it delayed the actual release of the thing. Story of Kickstarter. Um, but there's a million knockoff fidget cubes on Amazon, and everybody's pretty sure that what's happened is the factory that made the first bad batch said, eh, screw it, and then they like sold the bad batch. And so if you go to Amazon to buy the knockoff, you're getting the original version that they produced that uh, they decided not to sell so they could wow. make it better. Interesting. Wow. That's the conspiracy theory anyway. Uh, I mean, everyone loves a conspiracy theory. Um, speaking of which, we haven't talked about anything that's actually on the rundown for this, the second segment of the Vergecast. But let's talk about Vizio for a second. So yeah. uh, I, this is actually, to me, some of the biggest news of the week. Uh, Vizio got caught, basically, um, not on their most recent TV, so not the SmartCast stuff that I was pretty excited about. Dieter, again, has a P-Series SmartCast TV. Um, so the ones that run Chromecast, they're not involved in this, but all the TVs previous, they had a bunch of user tracking turned on by default. And I, this is, I think, a dirty secret of the TV industry. Um, they're all doing it. They all basically have automatic content recognition or ACR at the display and audio driver level. So they are listening to what's going through the speakers and watching what's on the screen and see, basically they see what you watch. They can they can detect it. It's not like complicated technology. It's Shazam. Yeah. Sh- shouldn't HTCP block that? No. I mean, it's built no, into it's, it's, it's built on the into TV. The panel. Like they're literally listening to the sound that comes out, and they're like watching like a corner of the pixels. And you just like you need to watch just a, a second uh, or two. So it's not a so pass. And you can it's you happening, identify. It's, it's happening in the panel after driver. it's decoded. Yeah. So it's ha- it's all yeah. happening yeah. At, at that level. Um, so uh, the. So Vizio had a service. Vizio is selling itself to Leco now. God only knows that that deal is going to close because Leco is like a garbage fire. But mm-hmm. when Vizio was going to do an IPO and become a public company, their S1 filing revealed the depths of their tracking. It was actually going to become a separate part of their business. So they were going to have a TV business and then a data business. The data business was called Inscape. They were like, we sell the most TVs in the United States. 
we know what everyone is doing. We know what games they're playing. Mm -hmm. We know what they're watching on Netflix. We're the only company that has Netflix ratings information because Netflix doesn't release it. Yeah. Um, it was it was huge. It was like a big piece of their the tagline IPO. was going to be "You can't escape." <laughs> you can't escape. Um, so they got hit with a bunch of class action lawsuits. Um, they got hit with an FTC action. They basically what they did was they they kind of hit it. So when you set up your TV, you hit agree a bunch of times. You didn't read anything. Mm-hmm. So you just said okay, and they opted you in. Mm-hmm. So the it was the setting was hidden and it was opt in. Right. So what you would have to do is turn something off. Other TVs they bury it, but it's opt out. I might have this backwards. Vizio's was opt out. Right. So the setting was buried and turned on by default. So you didn't even know that you were accepting something because it was just on. Mm. Other TVs make you opt in, but they hide it in a bunch of junk. So you agree to something that you don't know you're agreeing to. So the same effect to the consumer, but because in particular Vizio had an opt-out system and they were by default tracking, they got dinged by the FTC. Mm. So now a bunch of Vizio TVs, older Vizio TVs are getting pop-ups saying turn it off. There's a whole page on Vizio.com, the tracking. It was a huge outcry. Uh, I saw people being like, throw away your Vizio TV. Mm. Like, fuck this company. Um, there's just a fine response. Throw, throw, just throw your stuff away. That's what you want to do. Um, or turn it off. Right. And then the new TVs don't do it. But Jake Kastronakis... Hey, while, you're, while you're there turning off the uh, the setting for tracking, make sure that motion smoothing is off. Yeah, just, just do it. Please. Oh, I watched in the, the Super Bowl. It's at a friend's house, and he had motion smoothing on his TV, and like... He's like a pretty good friend, but he's not that kind of friend. Yeah. And like, I, I was like, basically like sitting on my hands. I was like, I want to ruin your Super Bowl party. I, I have made the social faux pas. Yeah, showing oh, up man. at somebody's house, complaining about motion smoothing, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of like a bad bad mood in the air. Uh, after there's that. Like, there's levels of friendship. The bottom level where like you're you're not friends is like you're a friend, but you can't like have the motion smoothing conversation. Yeah, so you just leave. and then that's the that's the <laughs> you're first out. level. You you're out. Leave. And then there's the one. And then my buddy Alex is like, I don't. Something about this frame around on this TV is wrong. I was like, Yes! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone said it. The door is open. The portal is revealed. <laughs> and then, and then his actual TV remote. The batteries are dead because we're watching this cable box. I couldn't fix it, and we just all had to sit there and take it. And I literally thought to myself, I wish my phone had an IR blaster in it because I would just fix it right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was deep. Joanna's dad. I uh, Becky and I went and visited Joanna's family. Like, two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, and I turned off motion smoothing on her TV. And to this day, whenever Joanna sees her dad, he complains about me. <laughs> He's like, that Neil, I screwed up my TV. <laughs> I turned off the motion smoothing. Does everybody who lives with motion smoothing and prefers it, do they all love like the high frame rate Hobbit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst. Anyway, back to the tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Kastronakis wrote a great piece for us explaining how basically every service does this. If you have an Apple TV, you have to go and turn on limit ad tracking because mm. otherwise it's like collecting data about what you're watching in a service. Roku's do it. You have to go turn it off. Um, Samsung TVs do it, and they do it hardcore. So if you're when I'm watching football over my Chromecast on my Samsung TV, it literally – Detects that I'm watching football, shows me related scores and like news and highlights. I can set up all, it, and all at the display driver level of the TV. Mm. I, it's like crazy to me, but they don't have access to the. It's weird because your cable box does it too. You just think you don't think of your cable box as like generating ratings information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was Vizio wasn't properly aggregating the data. 
So like TiVo used to get in a lot of trouble because they collect data and they send it out, but their whole thing was, well, we aggregate it. So we don't say it's you. Uh, it's not we say identifiable. Like all right. of the markets in California or Los Angeles or something, they mm. watch this the most. And that was fine. Everyone's like a little squeamish about it. Vizio's like, this user, we won't identify them, but this user watched this stuff and you can target ads to them. Creepy. What well, I think I've brought this up before, but what is anybody working on the – completely dumb TV. Like I mean, a, they're out there, but the biggest, highest end, most beautiful TVs are all smart TVs. Yeah, someone who wants to put, like, just the step below highest end specs in a TV, but just make it a literal HDMI pass-through. You plug HDMI in, <coughs> and then stuff comes out. But if you're a company like Vizio or Samsung, and you're making this other revenue stream, mm. that's why you can make the TV so cheap. Like, it's a whole thing. But if you if Samsung would sell me last year's high end specs in a dumb TV, I would buy that instead of this year's high end specs. I feel like the real thing to do, or you could just not put your TV on the internet. The real thing to do is is infiltrate the corporate speaking gig market <laughs> with anarchists who can convince suits to not think that being a data company is the most lucrative thing to become in the 21st century. You can't you can't do that. I mean, A, I think you, it's very easy to infiltrate the corporate speaking market. Right. For for like for us. Right. And then lie and tell them that yeah. data is not worth anything. Well, I mean, I would say like <laughs> being the big contrarian at the conference. Mm-hmm. That's a winning move. Right. Right? You want to show up there, you want to do your Malcolm Gladwell like you thought this. Oh, yeah. But the truth is different. Actually, that's another great like Airport book, The Truth is Different. The Truth is Different. <laughs> the fly, fly, word. I, mean, I, have like, I have like a naive belief and hope that like you know, the companies that, that do something like, I, I keep on thinking of Anchor for some reason. Just like super straightforward, like don't hide the specs, don't hide the yeah. information. Just like be just a straightforward, nice company that does things cheap. Yeah. They they, there's some sort of but reward for that. they make power bricks. I know, but they do a good job with the they, power I mean, it, no, it's excellent. It's great. But, like, they don't – they sell you stuff. Other people, like, sell you these things yeah, for experience free. for millennials. <laughs> it's a power brick experience <laughs> for millennials. <laughs> it tells you you're doing a good job when right. you plug it in. Right. Do you want to talk about HelloFresh? I'm ready to talk about HelloFresh. They want to change the way people eat forever. HelloFresh believes everyone deserves honest, natural, delicious, healthy food. They celebrate fresh ingredients and making magic in the kitchen. They know there's a chef in everyone. That's you, Paul. Mm -hmm. You're a magic chef, which is actually a different kitchen brand. But we're talking about HelloFresh. They think food brings people together. Good food allows us to live longer. And good food lets us enjoy every bite of life. Look, you're learning and growing every day. You never give up and you strive to make people happy. That's why HelloFresh started the movement. So whether you're a busy professional couple, a large family that runs at breakneck pace, or someone who simply wants to start cooking more, HelloFresh makes it easier, tastier, and healthier than ever to enjoy the experience of cooking new recipes and eating together at home. From creating the recipes and planning meals to grocery shopping and even delivering all the pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh delivers right to your door so you can skip the trip. HelloFresh currently offers customers a classic box or a veggie box, and we'll be launching a family box soon, so customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. New recipes? created every week. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. They employ a full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe to ensure it is nutritionally balanced. Everything's delivered to your doorstop in a special insulated box for free. 
So for $35 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the code VERGE35 when you subscribe. That's HelloFresh.com, and the code is VERGE35. Paul, you do a segment every week. Every week. Every week. It's always got the same name. And I've never missed it a single time. (laughs) No one's ever blown it. It's called Please Don't Talk to Me, Can't You See I'm Busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is a Kickstarter called Luxafor. Yeah. And it's a light that you plug in over USB to your computer. And it's like a status message from like AIM to let people in your office know whether or not they can talk to you. <laughs> I can do other stuff too. Or yeah, is I, it just a light? Like if, if it's, it's a just light, a lamp that says go away. It's a light. It's like an LED that changes yeah. different colors. Okay. Uh, I, it could like it could like notify you that you got a new email or something like that. But there's plenty of ways to do that. Yeah, this is this is being pitched as a way to tell your coworkers that you're busy and you don't want to talk to them. Yeah, status light and productivity tool. I feel like you reduces could get, interruptions. You could just get one of those old on air lights, mm. like on eBay. You could just like get an old one, but instead of saying on uh, air, you just change it so it says no. And you just put that on your desk. Have you ever it. worked with a with programmers who no. talk about flow? What's that? Flow is this state that a programmer, I'm sure other people do it too, get into, and it takes about like 15 to 30 minutes to get into flow. Mm-hmm. And if you break flow, you got to start all over again trying to get back into flow. So that's why a lot of people talk about like the evils of Slack or something like that because you can't get into flow because you're getting yeah. – so you quit all your email apps, all your chat. This apps, also just sounds like doing. Drugs. Plug in your Luxafor. Yeah. And get into flow. Yeah. Wait, a flow I mean, or get into flow? It's called flow, not like a flow, but oh. it's like you're you're in the flow. Yeah. You're 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 coding and like the, the the code is magically coming out of you, and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to consciously understand what the brackets do and blah 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 blah. You're not arguing about how many spaces a tab is. Where the semicolon goes, you're, you're, you're just you're doing, doing it. it. Yeah, you're in the flow. And then Neelai and Patel and walks up. Hey, what you doing over there? Yeah, and Paul's like, I'm gadget blogging. I don't <laughs> go to here at all. <laughs> I'm using English like a human. <laughs> you know what I want? You know what I want? Yeah, I want a thing where when my Bluetooth headphones get turned on and my computer, it automatically sets uh, my notifications in Slack to snooze or like leave me alone. Oh, that's pretty good. That's what Ooh. I want. Um, we want Tasker for computers. Do they make like, a Tasker for computers? Going in. That's a thing. Uh, it's 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 called Automator. It's called uh, the uh, Unix. Apple Automator Unix. And Apple doesn't care about it anymore. I yeah. made I made my first successful Automator thing the other day. What's that? I'm really proud of myself. So I like to write in Markdown, but then our like Google Docs, you can copy and paste RTF like rich text mm-hmm. files, but also our our. Um, it's not called a CMS. What's Chorus. Chorus. Our modern media stack. Our modern media stack also uses RTFs. Yeah. So I can write in Markdown, and then I select that, right-click it, and then use my automator action, which converts Markdown to RD- RTF, and then it puts in my copy and paste board. Yeah. My clipboard. Yeah. And I paste it into Chorus. <laughs> my fly fly. Into my fly fly. <laughs> nice. But yeah, this, this is... I, can I, I confess something to you? Sure. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I think... I might be ready for neck buds. Neck buds? Yeah, neck buds. Yeah, yes. I'm in the same boat. That's actually. what I'm saying. Like the Beats X are coming out in February. You you just said Bluetooth headphones. Like yeah. I kind of see the appeal. You know, I get it. I have a pair. Of, I have the same headphones for planes that Dieter has. Uh, you might know them as Fly Flies. Uh, but I have, <laughs> I have Quiet Comfort 35s for uh-huh. the plane. 
got them for Christmas. I was like, this is nice. Like, Bluetooth, it's great. I don't want to wear those while I'm walking around the city because I'm afraid I won't hear anything and thus be killed. Mm-hmm. Because being in total isolation and when you're walking around a city is not a great idea. Mm-hmm. But I AirPods, I you know have a pair of review AirPods. I don't think they fit my ears well. Other people love them. They just don't fit me well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what Bluetooth headphones should I get? And I'm like, I should get these Beats X, but they're fucking neck buds. Mm-hmm. Neck buds, man. I lived the neck bud life when it was like a horseshoe collar that you'd wear on, on your neck. That's still what they are. The Beats X are those. Well, the Beats X are, are a wire. No, they're, they're more flexible. It's yeah, mostly but it's a still, wire. it still goes around. Like, they're still a thing. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't rest on your collarbone. Yeah, right. I mean, if if AirPods do one thing for the world, and that's like get rid of you're wearing a Bluetooth headset, therefore you look like an idiot, um, and that gives me permission to wear neck buds, I think I might actually be happy with that future because it's like super convenient. Just have them there, and you just stick them in your ear, and it's you what, like drop, if, drop again. If I'm wearing my earpods now, my only functional pair of headphones. <laughs> <laughs> like if I take them out of my ears, like. I, I don't want to jam them into my pocket, so I unplug them from my phone and I hang them around my neck. Oh, so Paul, this is this is the the move. Uh, I used to commute via bicycle. Mm. You need to run the wire for your headphones through your shirt, ah. and then you take them off, and they just, just like dangle. dangle from the collar of your shirt. I definitely watched. <sighs> what uh, a pro tip! Again, I've been watching just incredibly stupid movies every night mm-hmm. in an effort to engage in like a real time activity. That is not painful. You know, like by the way, I just want to point out my escape from political reality was playing Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not it's, it's, it's like the better. wrong direction. Uh, no, no, it was fine. It like okay. So we ran the story. You you I'm sure you saw the story about how like Trump time is a real thing. Mm. So every day feels super long because you're constantly in like a minor state of panic over what could happen. I'm sure you don't feel this I way. I did not read this. Us bleeding heart liberals. Yeah, uh, okay. Total I'm state sorry. of permanent I'm, panic. To be honest, I feel insensitive that I did not remember why <laughs> you were in psychological pain. <laughs> That's great, Paul. Whatever. <laughs> you don't know what the word for plane is. <laughs> it's a the airplane place. <laughs> anyway, again, I've been watching really stupid movies. So I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and there's that scene where... What's his name? Rupert Brandt? Robert Brandt? Robert Plant? Oh, Jimmy Page is in the airport. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Russell. Russell Brandt. Russell Brand. Rupert Plant. <laughs> anyway, but that scene, and he's got the headphones on. This movie, by the way, if you watch it, the technology in this movie, it's not that old of a movie. Mm-hmm. Ancient technology all over the place. Yeah. They're FaceTiming. It's not even called FaceTime. They're using iChat video. iChat. And they're changing all the backgrounds, and it's like the hottest shit in the movie. Uh, he's got iPods. He like shows him a CD. It's like crazy. Anyway, um, and he's got his headphones hanging out of the front of his shirt, the way that Peter's describing. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I used to try to do that all the time, and it never works, right? Because it, 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 you've got it connected to your iPod. Your iPod's in your pocket. Your headphones are hanging down. You move your iPod. Everything like goes crazy. But with neck pods, you could live. You could live that life. Yeah. Live the dream. They neck should, pods let, live they the should dream. let me do the Beat Sex marketing campaign. And it's just me remaking that scene from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and being like, you could look this cool. I'll try to find this image. Of what? Of, of Russell Jimmy Page. Are you Googling Jimmy Page Airport? Rupert. All right, Dieter, I want you to yell about the Nintendo Switch. And then I think we should bring this to an end. The internet is pretty mad at me. Really? Um, 
I said I had an opinion about Nintendo, and that's not allowed mm-hmm. on, on the internet. But there was a NeoGaf. I will thread. say that is definitely not allowed. We had people in our comments who were arguing, and one of the people said to the other person, "You're just a fake Nintendo fan," which Ooh. is yeah, like incredible. Ooh. And I didn't know if I should get in there or I should just like let it sit there as like a a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. Like, don't disturb it. Anyway, Dieter, continue. You're saying NeoGAF thread. So the Switch is not... Oh, there's a NeoGAF thread that agreed with me. Therefore, every, I'm right, because <laughs> NeoGAF. Um, I don't know if that's how that works at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm real mad that the Nintendo Switch is uh, not launching with support for Netflix or web browser. Uh, it'll come later. And my contention is that uh, I don't trust Nintendo to do it later and do it right. I want them to do it sooner. And, you know... The whole reason the Wii was successful was that it broadened the market to non-gamers. And it's clear that like that's Nintendo's move. They don't just appeal to the hardcore. And what better way to broaden the market than do the basic tablet things that, you know, my ma yeah. wants to do. Like I guarantee you, my, my mother keeps a Wii in the house for the grandkids. Yeah. Uh, she is never going to go buy a switch because she'd be like, I don't need this. I like they, we've got the Wii. But if it like would let her, you know, watch Netflix in bed and maybe do some web browsing and like hell put the Kindle e-reader on that and, and replace mm. her Kindle, she'd buy it in a flash, in a heartbeat. But she'd buy it because it did there's a those lot of people. things, not the. So why no, doesn't but, she but just get it would Kindle? give her permission, and then she'd start playing the video yeah, games. Like she should just buy a Fire tablet. No, this is that's the Fire tablet's actually the the perfect example. Like this thing could sell to more people if it, they just like positioned it to also replace a Fire tablet. The thing that's gonna the thing that broadened the market for the Wii is it was cheap and it had like fun motion controls, so you could like have party time with your family. Um, I don't think that's that move is going to work again. Yeah. Uh, so they need some other move to get. Well, you know, I mean, we were talking about Amazon. Hardcore Nintendo Why not just make it a Fire Tablet? Just let Amazon do it. What, what scares me about your your thesis here is uh, Nintendo making software. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Right, like the yeah. idea of a Nintendo web browser. Yeah. Uh, we've all lived through it once or twice in our lives. Absolutely, it's not a good. They don't know what they're doing kind of situation mm. the like yeah like the idea of them building an os and like letting you like all of that to me is terrifying if they were just to like use android and not skin it which they almost certainly which, would by the way the nvidia shield just got nougat yeah there you go and this yeah. is like substantially the same hardware it's basically a shield yeah I, it's yep. just like I don't know why they don't just. I, I think, think there's like an easy way for them to do it, and there's the way that Nintendo thinks they should do it. And I think the way that Nintendo thinks they should do it is to design consumer-facing software with like buttons that look like plastic blobs. Yeah, it's like Aqua. It's like they took it is Aqua. a bunch That's of old exactly Aqua mocks, and they're like, just uh, people like that, and like they don't. That's where they. Are. I think that's my knee-jerk reaction to why I disagree with you, Dieter, is because the. Mental image of Nintendo because like they're also like delaying their um, multiplayer stuff. Yeah, like internet yeah. Er, internet multiplayer. And it's like you know what? I don't really go to Nintendo for the, for the <laughs> excellence in internet multiplayer. So I, I do think the hook with the Switch is this idea of playing multiplayer Mario Kart with your friends in random places, so they don't always have to come over to your house. And you have I to don't think that's the hook. Dig out the game. I, I, I agree. I agree with Dieter. I think one of the big hooks for the Switch could be if you're the sort of person 
who travels with a laptop, an iPad, and a phone. Mm. And I do that all the time. I think Dieter does that pretty regularly too. Yep. You could replace your iPad, which you're probably using as your e-reader and Netflix device, Mm -hmm. with the Switch. And then you could get really good games too. And it'll have controllers and all that stuff. Yeah, and so rather than like make, I made that argument, but I actually think the stronger argument is there's a bunch of people who are never going to go buy a PlayStation and who are never going to go buy an Xbox, like non-gamers, but like they've got like grandkids and kids and whatever, and they might be interested in playing Nintendo if it was like, if they could like justify it. And the thing that lets them justify it is, oh, it does a few other things, right? Like, if, instead of thinking about it in terms of a tablet, think about it in terms of a Roku or, you know, like yeah. the Wii for a while had the biggest Netflix install base of all the consoles. Mm-hmm. If they just did that, then, you know, they're, they're going to the store like, oh, that's right, the Nintendo does that. Plus, maybe I could play a game every now and then. And then all of a sudden, you've turned grandma into a hardcore gamer. No. <laughs> Good job, Nintendo. She's I'm ca- serious. calling people racist yeah, she's on, the- on, on Call of Duty. She's like, pwned. <laughs> oh, God. Grandma, what happened to you? Well, it started with the Netflix. <laughs> Nightmaregrandma.com. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, all the people who are pwning people now, they're going to eventually one day be grandparents. I know, I think about that a lot. We just, time keeps relentlessly turning assholes into parents. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps happening. Oh. Uh, let's all let's all just end it now. Do we need to talk about anything else here? Uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff on our list. We don't have time to go get into uh, what's going on in the FCC. Yeah, just Jake. Every everything is everything's unregulated now. No, it's that's, getting that's there. The FCC doing a bunch of stuff. Jake is on the beat. Um, I think as we were recording this, he put up a kind of a curtain raiser talking what's going on. But Agit Pai, our buddy Agit, every day I get an email about him changing some procedure at the FCC, mm-hmm. um, and it's always. Would you say that he's like real worked up and angry right now? He's he's agitated. Is that where you're going? Maybe. <laughs> That's how it's going there. Yeah. Oh. Agitated. Oh, man. Um, we had a chance to end the podcast. <laughs> it did. But I will say this. Uh, you should read the Jake article. We're going to do a bunch more. We've already had a bunch. But if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. here's what I want you to do. Pai is a hardcore nerd. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he's a super intelligent, super interesting guy, super nerdy. Mm-hmm. I know he reads The Verge. He's on the Twitter. So if you're listening to this, he's at AjitPai, FCC, A-J-I-T-P-A-I-F-C-C. Just tweet at him. Tell him to come on the Vergecast. We can make this movement happen. That would be pretty cool. We should do it. Paul has been asking me to do it. I did yeah. it today. Yeah. But everybody else, tweet at him. Be like, go on the Vergecast. Talk to, talk to me. Don't Paul. dox him. Don't dox it. No, no, don't be cool. Be fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't be mean. Be super don't, cool don't to him. Yell at him. But just, just say. Be like Agit. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's interesting because – and I would love to hear what he'd have to say because I've read a lot of his stuff that's more like oriented towards like the Wall Street Journal type yeah. audience um, or to a more political audience. But from a technical standpoint, I think he has some some. Dude's thoughts. like a Battlestar fan. Like he yeah. belongs in the show. So yeah. Agitpi FCC, tweet him. Tell him to come on the Vergecast. I think we, I think we're really fun. But anyway, a bunch of FCC stuff is happening. I have a – there's a bunch of like content nonsense. Uh, Apple hired a guy, the guy who runs Amazon Fire TV, to come run Apple TV. Facebook hired a woman from MTV to go run original content. HBO Now, YouTube and Google, YouTube Music and Google Play are gonna maybe be the same. And thing maybe I'll someday. finally use Google Play, people. Um, although I, I will uh, say I love YouTube Red. I just like stuff. There's stuff happening in the world, and all these, all of uh, all of the gadget companies and tech companies are becoming content companies, which I think is really interesting. But that's it. That was just a little last update here. It's a lot of content out there. Do you ever think there's 
too, too much content? Yeah, you should cut your media diet down to the verge on every platform. Let me tell you what those platforms are. We're at Verge on Twitter. We're Verge on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. We're Verge on Instagram. We're something on YouTube. Just type in The Verge, you'll find us. <laughs> uh, and we're TheVerge.com on a platform I know and love is the World Wide Web. Nice. Check it out. Thanks, Tim Berners-Lee. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> You're a great guy. <laughs> Speaking of platforms, uh, podcasts are a type of media that we make. Uh, we have a bunch of them. Uh, Walt and I host Control Alt Delete. We got deep on Flipboard yesterday. Whoa. I mean, and oh, we're on Flipboard too. Oh, by we're the on, way. We're we on got Flipboard. Like There's a new Flipboard version of Flipboard. Magazine. Get out yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I miss RSS. <laughs> that was basically an hour of that. So you can listen to that on Control Alt Delete. Andrew, who's sitting right next to me because we're not yet in our new podcast studio, Andrew's doing all kinds of crazy stuff on the Verge Extras feed. Go listen to that stuff. Uh, Lauren Good, who's wonderful, hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask on the Recode side. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. All this stuff is on iTunes. Go find it. I usually tell you, like, give us five stars. I'm changing my little, my little call to action this week. Hmm. Tell a friend. Tell an actual human being Whoa. that you listen to this podcast and like it. In the meat space? And then take their phone away <laughs> and <laughs> download it on their phone for them. It's a little bit more aggressive than giving us five stars on iTunes, Maybe. but I think you'll find... Uh, that you enjoy it far more. Go to go to your friend's house. If if they're the kind of friend that you can tell them to turn off motion smoothing, they're the kind of friend that you can take their phone and. We should them. definitely I, do a friendship levels chart. That's pretty good. Yeah. I t- I cannot get my parents into podcasts. No, like I've good. tried to explain podcasts to them so many times. My parents will sit there and search YouTube for like illegal copies of Hallmark movies to watch. <laughs> But they won't download. <laughs> the, the app's already on their phone. They won't subscribe to a podcast. Podcasts are hard to listen to. They are. I Actually, we were talking about Kara. Kara was on Ezra Klein's podcast this week, which is super interesting. Mm. You should go read it. Ezra Klein show, somewhere on iTunes. Listen to it. But then yeah. he's he's kind of runs our rival sister site. So then just tell him. You like The Verge better. And then dox him. <laughs> Don't dox Ezra. <laughs> okay, sorry. Don't do that. Anyway, you should go listen to that. But I was like listening to it because I love them both. And I was like, I can't wait to just read the transcript of this. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much I, – I just consume information faster that way. Yeah. I, think, I think it's hard to transition into being a podcast kind of person. Like our show, you would not want to read a transcript of this. No. <laughs> because it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> But our show like washes over you like a comforting blanket, a friendship. Yeah. Like the sh- the podcast I listen to for information, I'm like I'd rather. You should rather. Yeah, that makes sense. Rock and roll, Paul. Paul. Wait, I don't. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Damn it, Crizal. <laughs> Let this upcoming ad wash over you <laughs> like a blanket of friendship. Also, you'll be able to see that blanket wash over you. Zero glare. <laughs> Zero glare. Thank you to, again to Chris Alno Glare on sponsoring us today. If you're glasses, you know about the fingerprints, the smudges, the scratches, the glares. Uh, they're just they're just in your face, literally in your face. They're a huge distraction. That's why you should wear Chris Alno Glare lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glares, scratches, and smudges. That means, my friends, no more blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic while driving, no more fingerprint smudges from taking glasses on off, scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. You look better, you feel better, and most importantly, you're prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go to Crizal.com. That's C-R-I-Z-A-L.com. And start living life in the clear. That's our show. We'll see you next week. I'm at Reckless. Paul's future Paul. Dieter's at Backlon. We'll be back to haunt you forever. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul.